Before we start today's podcast, the Truth About Aging wish to acknowledge that this episode has been recorded on the traditional lands of the Ghana people. We pay our deepest respects to Elders past, present and emerging. We acknowledge the Ghana people as the custodians of the Adelaide region and that their cultural and heritage beliefs are still as important to the living Ghana people today. everyone and welcome to the Truth About Aging podcast. I'm your host, Kate Helmore. Each week we'll be unpacking your questions about the aged care sector, discussing how to age well, grow old and make informed decisions. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to our first interview episode of 2022. It is episode 28 and I am so excited to introduce today's guest to you all. I was very privileged to be connected actually over Instagram with the lovely Danielle Coppelson and also Kim Somerville. Now, these two ladies work in New South Wales as end-of-life doulas. What is an end-of-life doula, you might ask? That is something we'll be unpacking in today's episode. But essentially, they work with individuals and their families, either at the time they find out they have a life-limiting or terminal illness, but also throughout that journey and particularly around that end-of-life palliative stage in supporting both the individual and their family in that really significant life transition. It was an absolute privilege to speak with both of these ladies. As always, we did end up speaking for a little bit longer than anticipated. So I have split it up across two different episodes. Today, we'll really be unpacking what an end-of-life doula is and how they both got into the field. And on next week's episode, we'll be looking at when the best time to access an end-of-life doula is, how it's funded, and also what they wish more people knew about. So without further ado, we will dive into today's episode. I hope you enjoy. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, ladies, and welcome to the podcast. So I'm very lucky today to have um, Danielle and Kim join me. Let's just get started with, can you both tell me a little bit about yourselves, where you're living and what you do for work? Okay, so I'm Danielle Coppelson and I um, live in, and so does Kim actually, we live in the south of Sydney in a little beachside um, community called Cronulla. Beautiful. And I actually at the moment I work as a, and have for the last 20-something years, work as a registered nurse mainly in mental health, supporting individuals and their family with mental illness as well as also working with people when they're going through a different stage in their illness so when they're actually going from say hospital to home so mm-hmm. I guess other agencies to make that transition much smoother so I've also just begun my I guess career or pathway into doula work mainly the end of life doula work so that started about last year where I did the training at the end of last year how exciting it's I'm so excited to hear more about it from both of you because it's such a (laughs) 
interesting space to me and there's little bits that I know about it, but I'm very keen to unpack that. And Kim, have you been doing this work for a while now? Uh, Yeah, I did my doula training um, four years ago. And so, yeah, I've been doing the end-of-life doula work since then. But uh, my background is palliative care nursing. I'm an enrolled nurse in palliative care and also have been doing that for like 25 years. Yeah, so that's where I've always sort of worked in that space of end of life and, you know, death and dying. Yeah, it's always been a space that I've really loved working in. And, yeah, the doula training has just really complemented that and I feel like it really goes hand in hand. Mm, Beautiful. It's just such such special work that you're both able to do and, yeah, I'm very keen to unpack that a little bit more. So I guess to get started with, just to give people a bit of context, can you talk a little bit more about what's involved or what is being an end-of-life or a death doula? What, what does that actually mean? Well, the word doula actually is a Greek term which stands for support person and a lot of people may have heard of a doula but more in the context of birth. However, there is uh, a doula can work through different stages of life or support someone through different stages of life. And the area that Kim and I are more focused on is not so much birth, but at the end of life, as well as also um, myself and Kim are very interested in times where people may have a life-threatening illness like cancer. And, you know, that that's quite challenging for people and their families. Uh, it's life-changing and people often find it a bit overwhelming and you know the medical system is wonderful however you know staff there can be very busy and more Mm -hmm. focused on the the medical side of things Mm -hmm. whereas we're a non-medical role and we're looking at supporting people and their families such as emotionally there can be a lot of emotions that come up for people um, and the family if they're going through those end-of-life stages or through, as I said before, life-threatening illness, um, that maybe they need some help with um, calming those emotions or expressing those emotions. Sometimes people going through this benefit from someone who's not a family member or a friend, someone who's neutral. And there's also, I guess, mental health needs that can crop up, which cross over with the emotional side of things there's practical help that people can need maybe it's going to appointments or I've also in the last year working for an organization called can care that provides support to people for cancer Mm -hmm. some people need just someone to sit and talk to some people want someone to help them maybe they're not they don't have as much strength so they need help with you know grocery shopping some people are worried about the future maybe if they have got an illness they know will result in end of life they might be worried about end of life care planning and things like you know they might want to be more prepared in terms of how their their funeral or their what things go to who or what how their finances are arranged so there's a thing called an end of life plan I think you've actually got a podcast yeah. around it so the doula can come in and do all those things that are very important but perhaps you know not always the, the other services don't always have time to address. Mm. There's also the side as well where people often find that in the course of something like this that they they want to uh, connect more with whatever spiritual, we don't promote any particular mm. spiritual background, but people often find comfort 
in having connection with, you know, a spiritual spirituality. It might be a religion or it may be just, you know, rituals and things which help them feel more connected to their soul or their inner mm. inner um, sense of self and and the, and the greater universe and how that all connects. So we we are also trained in some of that kind of stuff, but not not everybody wants that. Sometimes it can be just more practical mm. and having a, a, an extra person around to support them and also the family, as Kim might talk about now. A lot of the time, the family you know, this is quite overwhelming. They want to support somebody, but they, they're struggling to come to terms with things and need someone to talk to apart from their family member or their other family members. And this is, a, again, a neutral person that can they can talk to and help them process some of, you know, what's going on. So that it really does, the, the aim is to give people hope, comfort, reassurance, know, reassurance and mm. empower this sort of, do the things that they want to do um, in the time that they have. What an absolutely beautiful role. It it honestly just sounds like the most perfectly kind of individualised and holistic support for that individual and their family, yeah. which is just a massive gift that you can give to people in that time as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, it's something that we can we can enhance this time, this time that, you know, often people find is, traumatic can actually and then it's not always going to be good and rosy but that we can actually make this time the best it can be and we can help people feel comforted Mm, absolutely because there certainly can be quite a a stigma around death and dying and not something that's commonly talked about and I know and as you touched on within that kind of clinical model there often isn't the time to really unpack those things and provide that emotional, mental, spiritual kind of support for people that's so desperately needed at that time when it is very sensitive and very vulnerable and very confronting for a lot of people and their families. So to have someone work alongside them and step them through that is just such an incredible role. I Yeah. Is it something that you find a lot of people know about or do you find you're having to explain it to a lot of people? Uh, yeah, I think we have to explain it to most people. It is getting, you know, gaining a, a little bit more traction and the people have maybe said they've heard of it but not quite sure what we do or what it means. But, um, yeah, it's definitely still an emerging role. But um, it is has really taken off overseas. Like internationally it's quite well known and sort of they are implementing that into the healthcare system over like in Canada and the UK and that sort of thing. So we are just here in Australia working on getting that, you know, that same thing to be up and running here for us. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. It just seems like such an essential service. I know. Yeah, absolutely essential. In the hurry, not hurriedness, but I guess when, when everything's happening, it's hard for people to think of an external service, whereas if it was more promoted and more a way of life, like it is in some countries, people might just reach out for that sooner rather than later like I hear people say and it might it might be something we discuss later but I do hear people say oh gosh I could have I could have done with that but it's all after the fact at Uh the time much you know to think about yeah to contemplate what this new doula would um do so we do try and this is why it's good to do things like this because it is getting the information out started conversations yeah yeah and that's so true. Yeah, that's 
something else we do is, you know, because people do find it difficult to talk about death and dying, a lot of what we do is, you know, help to facilitate those conversations between family members. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know from both of us working in the healthcare system, like even you're not trained to talk about those sort of things mm-hmm. um, or nursing and any themes, so that's not something you're taught on the job. It's just something that you naturally kind of have to build up and with experience. So I think that's where we differ from services such as like um, pastoral care and social workers and that kind of thing. Yeah, where we the, the doula training does provide you with training and having those those difficult conversations and really normalizing death and dying and reassuring people that it's this is a natural part of life and this is what will happen and this is what it will look like and what what they can expect so that when when the time does come they don't have to panic you know freak out they you can just kind of reassure them you know this is this is normal this is what happens and everything's okay and um so it's yeah a lot of just a lot of those preparation discussions earlier on are really beneficial to families is yeah what I've experienced anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Because I imagine it is really quite specialized in the training involved with having those discussions. Cause as you touched yeah. on in in pretty much any other fields, you know, there might be a unit within your nursing or a unit within your social work that's about death and dying, but it's not specialized and it's not practiced in terms of how to actually have those conversations with people and whilst you learn a lot on the go and through experience and you know working through it with people there's definitely not that same kind of time and resources put into properly having those conversations and feeling confident having that with people as well. I I just remember working on the wards in the hospital over the years the main thing that family members would sort of catch you in the corridor and say you know like the other nurse said it's getting close, but what does that mean? Like yeah. how do we know? What do we look for? Or what's going to happen? And people have in their mind all these sort of blown out ideas of how it's going to look according to what they've seen in movies and whatever, you know, and so they they really do. Like it actually surprises me that there's not these information on the walls. So and true. Yeah. I you know, know I've I even had a similar experience with my family where I was at someone who was who was dying and because they know I work in aged care, it was like I was the specialist of that field. Like it, what stage are they at now and how much longer is to come? And, <laughs> and I really had to be very transparent around like I, I actually don't know the specifics of all of this. I can step you through some of it and this is kind of what to expect, yeah. but like it really isn't something that unless you've either done it for a very long time or you've had that really specialised training it is so yeah unique and you really need to have that specialized training to be able to facilitate those discussions too yeah yeah absolutely Mm. so how did you both so you both kind of have a bit of a nursing background what made you realize that you wanted to work and specialize more in this space yeah well I the work that I do at the moment I'm a part-time and I've been thinking for a couple of years that I'd like to increase my hours but to do something different and I wasn't sure what that was and different things kind of popped up but it, they didn't really grab me and then it was in COVID last year so in 2020 I heard or read something about a doula end of life doula and it really grabbed me I because I, I had always thought that I would head towards working with elderly people or in aged care at some point because I just thought it's such an undervalued area and it's such mm-hmm. an important part of lives. 
And then with because a lot of my experience is in the community and I love to see people in their own surroundings and their own home, when I heard about the doula, it really resonated and it really, I thought to myself, this is it, this is what I want to do. And so that was in August last year and then at the end of the year, as I said, I did the training. COVID, you know, continued since then and thrown a few curveballs in uh-huh. different directions. Mm-hmm. But I am, um, I have, as I said before, been doing some volunteer work with people um, experiencing cancer, which I'm hoping that is is going to teach me a lot more again. But that's really how I came across it. And I did the training. The first, they start with a one-day training and I did the one day and absolutely loved it. So I went mm-hmm. on to, to do the training. And since then, I've also been enrolling in different courses and reading different books all to do with this and it really I really am it sounds funny but excited to be heading down this path mm-hmm. um, I don't know where I'll land eventually but mm-hmm. I just I find feel like it's the right path so mm-hmm. that's that's how I came to you know came across it and that's that's how I ended up where I am now and I Beautiful. luckily reached him because I heard about heard from a number of different people also doing this work and so we've connected along the way as well. How fantastic and Kim how did you get into this space? Yeah I um I mean I had always in my palliative care nursing I'd always been really interested in wishing that I could have had more time to speak with patients like I see all of us you know all of the nursing and medical staff coming in and we all have you know set tasks we have to do for each patient you know, it's it's very busy on the wards and it's you do have very little time and I just often felt like I really wished I could have just sort of sat and had the time to talk with patients and see what they're really experiencing and how they're feeling about it all or, you know, anything they're noticing and just having those deeper conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I never thought anything more of it until I sort of had left, took a break from nursing just while I had my children and I just connected with someone locally through a yoga group and she talked about the training and I too had never heard of what an end of life doula is before in all of my years working in end of life. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, but it just it, it's felt perfect for me. Like so, yeah, it's definitely a calling and it's de- definitely a beautiful kind of work. Absolutely. And what's the, I imagine it is incredibly rewarding work being able to work so closely with people at that really vulnerable stage of their lives and their families, what do you find is the best or most rewarding part of the job? Well, for me, like my the space I work in mostly and what I love working in mostly is supporting people in the community at home who and those that wish to die at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and often they are already connected to their palliative care services and have, you know, staff coming to the home, which is really good and we kind of I work alongside the palliative care nurses what I find most rewarding I think is sort of experiencing people in those very raw end of life moments with their loved ones and really kind of leaning into the space whereas initially they might have been a bit scared of the whole thing and holding back and not wanting to be too hands-on but after just talking them through it and guiding them through every next step just seeing families attend to like when someone's died at home if they're having a vigil like to do the bathing and the dressing and the laying out at home like Mm. for me that is the most beautiful and rewarding part of my job and it's 
yeah, it's just an incredible thing to witness. And so, I, yeah, I feel really lucky to be able to be invited into that space when people are in such an intimate experience with them, their loved ones. Mm. I imagine it's quite mm. a privilege to be, yeah, part yeah. of that environment. Yeah, definitely because, you know, you often haven't known them for that long. Yeah, and to be that person that's there with them in that moment that they're never going to forget, like it's really, mm-hmm. yeah, it is very rewarding. I think I agree with Kim. What I see that it would be so beautiful and rewarding is bringing together that family and that person at such a critical transition, I suppose, of life. So like with the birth, when you hear of doulas or support persons being there, not to get in the way, but they just add that practical help or that help with the communication or they can just be an extra set of eyes and ears for the person and their family to allow that person and the family to, I guess, experience what they need to experience at that time mm-hmm. and it let be less scary. Mm. Um, but also for people who have illnesses such as cancer, I think, again, it's about helping them at that point work through some of the fears and challenges that they have so that they can live the best life they can for whatever time they have. Also, if they survive, that's very rewarding. Obviously, surviving is is a rewarding thing, but just to have helped them through that period and see them come through the other side, they articulate that that support was, it was hard to describe at the time, but it was crucial at that time. Mm. Um, And then you can continue to support people after, I guess, their treatment's finished because they really physically and mentally and emotionally may not be quite the same as before they had that diagnosis. So to be able to help them continue to move and grow and um, have hope is really rewarding. As discussed, Danielle and Kim will be back on next week's episode of The Truth About Aging, where we talk more about when the best time to access an end-of-life doula is, how it's funded, and also some things they wish more people knew about, about end-of-life and palliative care. I hope to speak to you all again next week. Bye. Bye.